This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I seriously love BetterHelp so much. They're one of my favorite sponsors, and I will tell you why I love them so much. When I started this podcast, I was going through a really rough time. I'm talking drug relapse, drug addiction, drug abuse, relationship issues, anxiety, depression. I was going through one of the craziest moves of my life, so therapy really helped me get through a lot of that. And online therapy is, in my opinion, even better than going to a therapist's office because, let's face it, our lives have changed the last year or so, and I just feel like online therapy is the best way to go. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating with them in less than 48 hours. They really do match you with, with a therapist so quickly. It takes, in my case, less than 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which might not really be locally available in all areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and it's super easy to access your account. You can log in, you can send a message to your counselor really at any time you want, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, whatever you prefer. I like to do phone sessions sometimes because sometimes I like to, to go on a walk when I, go on, when I do my therapy sessions. It's really up to you. Traditional therapy can come with kind of a stressful energy attached to it. So I really love how BetterHelp is really controlled by the, the patient. If you want to connect with your therapist and communicate something with them, they have a journal feature, which I absolutely love. This journal feature has the option of sharing your journal entries with your therapist, but if you want to keep them totally uh, private and anonymous towards yourself, you don't have to share them with your therapist. But I really like this feature because for many of us, starting fresh with a new therapist gives us a lot of anxiety and it can trigger us. Um, so if you feel like that, you're not alone. I felt the same exact way because let's face it, a new therapist has to ask questions and try to get on the same page as where their client is. And sometimes rehashing our, our history of trauma and all the details can become kind of exhausting and a little bit annoying. So what I do when I start with a new therapist, like I did on BetterHelp, is I use the journal feature and I wrote kind of a lengthy email explaining to the therapist where what I've been through in the last few years, where I'm at right now, what I'm looking for in therapy, and what kind of therapy I've done, what kind of therapy I'm interested in, and what I'd like um, out of a therapist. So this is super important. If starting with a brand new therapist gives you panic or anxiety or stress, 
This is the most stress-free approach you could possibly do. I love how they matched me with someone with the experience and qualifications that I asked for. I personally asked for a therapist who had some experience with eating disorders, depression, and relationship trauma. Once BetterHelp matched me with my therapist, she messaged me right away and then I scheduled my first session with her for that week. The process is easy, effortless, and stress-free. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So if you're going through a hard time right now, and let's face it, so many of us are, whether it's emotional turbulence, depression, anxiety, relationship issues, LGBTQ issues, whatever it is, body image, self-esteem, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com vibe. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Vibe within listeners, you get 10% off of your first month of online counseling at betterhelp.com slash vibe. That's betterhelp.com slash vibe. Betterhelp.com slash vibe. Go start online therapy. DM me on Instagram. Let me know how it's going. And I hope that you get the help, the support, and the healing that you deserve. Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone, so let's connect and heal our vibe within. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. And how are we doing out there? At the moment, I'm recording this intro. We are in Mercury retrograde, and I kind of wanted to tap in and just give you my perspective on Mercury retrograde because I don't think it's all that bad. I think it's actually an amazing time for us. We are in the energy of Pisces, which can be mystical, creative, emotional, intense, and it's a beautiful time to be in Mercury Retrograde. It's actually a nice balance, if you ask me. I think that Mercury Retrograde is a perfect opportunity, and it's an invitation and a permission slip to step back, to reflect, to turn down the volume, to let go of some high expectations or, you know, stressful productivity, you know, energy that you might be holding on to because we all know that 
with social media, with being an entrepreneur, or whatever realm of work that you are submerged in, you can feel pressure, you can feel competitive energy, you can feel comparison to others, and that is just stealing joy right out right out from under us. And when we don't have joy, we lose who we are. And comparing ourselves to other people, our bodies, our jobs, our relationships, where we think we should be, where we think we should have been, how much money we should have, um, the relationship that we should have, all these things are just not good. It's not a nice headspace to be in. And when Mercury Retrograde rolls around, it's kind of like a weight's lifted off my shoulders in a sense because I know the universe is expressing to us as a collective it's time to settle down, relax, rest and recover, and really tune in to what it is that you need in order to up-level and reach our goals and our desires and manifest whatever it is that we're trying to manifest. If you are familiar with Lacey Phillips' work, I'm going to link it in the show notes. Um, I'm going to really try to remember to link everything in the show notes. I know I always forget some things and then you guys let me know. Um, But if you're familiar with her work, then you'll know what a magic dark is. And if you're not familiar with what a magic dark is, it's basically um, a phase in your life which feels like a rock bottom, but it's not really a rock bottom. It's more so a very quiet and like you can hear the birds chirping that's that's how she describes it um where you might be very isolated nothing's coming through you feel kind of weird you feel um like you don't know where to go next you have no idea where which direction to go or where what to do you kind of feel stuck so it's kind of like a rut in a way and I have been hanging out in Florida, um, staying with family temporarily, and I've been feeling like I'm in a magic dark for sure. But it's also been a really nice experience because it's giving me the space, the time, the ease to do things and take care of myself in ways that I wasn't doing. And in 2019, I feel like I wasn't taking care of myself at all. In fact, I think I was doing the complete opposite. Even though I am, you know, super into yoga and herbalism and working out and, you know, all that, there was another element that I wasn't taking care of, and that was going to doctor's appointments and taking time to slow down and rest and do things that I enjoy. It got to the point where I was just hustling, trying to just get through the day, trying to just get through um, the hustle and bustle of Philly when I was living there. And it was a very rough, rough patch for me. And since being here, staying with some family, 
I've been reading more. I've been writing a lot more. Like, holy shit, writing so much. Basically, just putting myself into different realms of expression, creativity, and learning. I've been really trying to learn about things that I've been putting on the back burner, like financial stability and herbalism and homeopathy and how to heal my autoimmune. And I felt like I had been putting it on the back burner for so long that the voice in my head um, started to scream at me and say, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your life away, and you're not taking care of what you need to take care of. So that's why I came down here to kind of reassess my life and take care of my health physically, emotionally, spiritually. I've been getting outside of my comfort zone and taking a bunch of yoga classes. So what I did was I got a free month of class pass. Um, And yeah, it's really free. You just sign up. You get a free month. You can always cancel it before they charge you. And I took like five yoga classes with that free month and that was awesome. And then I did a float tank session. So if you are interested in doing a float tank session and you're kind of skeptical, I made a whole YouTube video on it about my float tank experience. And I made just a little kind of overview about the experience and what to expect, what happened, the downloads that I received. And I'm going to also put that up on the podcast, but I put it up on YouTube as kind of a special release. So I'll put that in the show notes too. I have a lot of episodes coming up with amazing guests. So this is one of them. This is the first episode of the series that I'm creating uh, full of amazing guests that I have reached out to and I've interviewed while I've been in Florida. So that's another thing that I've been doing as I've been here. I've been resting and recovering and taking care of my health, my adrenals, my autoimmune. I really have been slowing down a lot, but with the physical slowing down, I kind of am amping up the podcast for you guys. So I feel like it's a nice balance because since I have extra time, since I'm here, since I'm just really focusing on doctor's appointments and labs and figuring my shit out, I said, why not? Why don't I just fully submerge myself into the podcast? And I am super excited to share this episode with you guys because I'm interviewing Krista and Lindsay from the Almost 30 podcast, which many of you guys probably already know of. A little bit about them is that the Almost 30 podcast has been in the top 50 podcasts on iTunes for a pretty long time now. It's a brand, a community, and they are LA-based. Best friends, Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick. And it's also been hailed as the best wellness podcast to listen to right now by Coverture and nominated for Best Health Podcast by iHeartRadio. They have have reached 12 million downloads and the podcast has reached people in over 126 countries. Along with the podcast, Krista Williams also is a blogger and she has been recognized by Entrepreneur Magazine, Girlboss, Coveteer, and BuzzFeed as one of the best podcast hosts to listen to right now. 
Her blog is called The 100 Blog, where she provides honest takes on health, wellness, spirituality, and style. And she's been named one of the best bloggers to watch by Time Out Magazine. She lives in LA. Lindsay Simsick is also the CEO of Almost 30. Her and Krista created it together. Lindsay has always been a hustler and she's worked in several industries like being a bartender, a fit model, and a senior soul cycle instructor, among many other odd jobs, which unknowingly prepared her for almost 30 as her biggest creative endeavor. So these girls are super special. They have such an amazing perspective on life and I love how they shared during this episode how they met. And I've been listening to their podcast for about three years since the beginning. And they were big expanders for me as far as choosing to really create this podcast after many of you had been messaging me on Instagram saying, you should make a podcast. You're always listening to podcasts. You know, you should make your own. I was really listening to so many podcasts and then I got the, the intuitive hit after my trip in Mexico uh, a year ago, and after I did the most intense Temescal ceremony I've ever done in my life, my throat chakra opened up, I got home, and I started to create the podcast, and I learned everything off YouTube. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you guys know that I am co-hosting and co-leading a yoga retreat in Mexico. It's with Revamp Yoga Retreats. It's a five-day warrior wellness retreat in Mexico with me, Lorisai, and Lewis. And Lorisai is a meditation teacher. Lewis is a boxing teacher, and I will be teaching all of the yoga. So it's meditation, yoga, and boxing. And this is in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. It's five days, and it's called the Awakening the Warrior Boxing and Meditation Retreat with, with us three. There are some spots left, and it starts May 30th, and it ends June 3rd. So if you're interested in that, you can go to revampretreats.com, and if you have any questions, you can personally message Corey and she will help you through the process. The girls over at Revamp Retreats will help you through the process of booking. If you have any questions at all, just let them know. And be sure to let them know that you are one of the Vibe Within listeners. You're one of Gab's yogis. Many of you guys have been asking if I'm going to be leading a yoga retreat this year and this is this is it. This is the retreat. So I'm really, really excited. I've been wanting to get into boxing and meditation way more. And I feel like boxing, yoga, and meditation is such a powerful trifecta of, of just empowerment. You know what I mean? It's three totally different modalities of healing and we're going to mesh them all together and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So if you're looking for a five-day Mexican beach jungle vacation that provides healthy meals and mobility and movement and there's even an option to do Temescal sweat lodge ceremonies, um, which I love so much. I have had mind-blowing spiritual 
downloads and just up levelings from Temescal. And um, the villa that we'll be staying at is super nice. It has a spa. There's, there's activities like hiking and swimming with dolphins, paddleboarding and snorkeling and so much more. So if you have any questions, you can always Instagram or email me or simply head over to the website, which is revampretreats.com and let the girls know that you'd like to sign up. They'll help you every step of the way. All right, so let's get right into the episode. Enjoy. Yeah, so the last time I saw you guys was at your event in Miami, and that was on 1212, which is like some crazy energy portal, and it was also my wow. birthday. So um, that was an amazing event, and it was your last event of your tour, right? Yeah, yeah. it was. In Miami. So that must have felt good. Perfect perfect way to end the year. I felt like Miami was really, really special. We actually didn't know what to expect. I think like when I think of Miami, you know, I'm like, okay, like, it's just so like bright, flashy, Mm -hmm. like so much to do, so so much to take in. And I just felt really grounded with all of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was really special. Yeah. I just was reminded of how, you know, important the community is and how important it is to feel supported and feel like you connect with people around you. Cause I didn't realize how, you know, disparate that Miami is and how separated it is and how many people don't feel like they have a community or tribe that are interested in the things that, you know, you and I are interested in and we are interested in. And I just felt so like moved by the girls that were there. They just hadn't talked about a lot of what we had talked about in so, so long or ever. And it just really made me feel so on purpose and path. So I just was so excited. And your reading from Nikki was so fucking on point. It was, it was, it was crazy. And I I actually have a lot of listeners and followers that are, that are from Miami. So I'm sure they're going to resonate with that because it's like, I taught there for four years, yoga, and even wow. even though I taught there for four years, I still felt like it was really challenging to really feel a solid community. There's little pockets yeah. everywhere, but um, Miami is so drastically, like LA, how it can be like the hood in one block and then like a super spiritual kind of vibe in the next, so yeah. But yeah, I think Nikki, it's, hopefully it's changing and evolving, but yeah, but yeah, Nikki was, wow. It, it definitely, it is slowly. And every time that I go back, it's like they have new yoga studios and everything like that. But when I moved there in 2014, there was only like five yoga studios. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So um, now that we're in 2020, what has been some themes that you're that you're working through like what's the main things that you're just kind of like working through right now just curious Mm -hmm. um some that have come up recently um for me is uh creating space to attract more i think that it's easy for me to find things to do in order to get what I want, you know, like kind of find that formula, that strategy, et cetera. And so 
I've really been trusting that if I'm able to create space, whether that just means like have a slow morning or um, pare down my to-do list to like three things instead of six and really do those three things well and, you know, go in depth with them that I'll be able to clearly see and feel, you know, opportunities, um, whether it's for growth or opportunities to kind of like bring us, bring myself individually to like the next level. And I think if we're so busy doing the things, like I at least get so overwhelmed, distracted, I can't hear through the noise. So that's been one that's been coming up a lot. Yeah. Like finding balance and like weighing out your yeses and your noes. That's very hard. I'm sure for you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about it's you, Krista? Um, I think, you know, I started on January, like on fire. Like I was like, oh my God, feeling so great and so motivated and aligned and that hasn't left, but it's definitely just been different. I feel like we've had some situations come up where we've had to kind of um, check in and evaluate like what's working and what's not. And it's just going to be an interesting year for us, like to just figure out how to continue our growth, but still be aligned. And I feel like we just get so many opinions thrown at us all the time for everything to do. So it's like, we always have to like put on blinders and like check in. And, but I think we're trying to say no more. We've done, you know, we've said no to a few things already this year. And it's just like continuing with that, you know, to not let everything just get ahead of us or get too much going and then we feel like overwhelmed mm-hmm. um, so just like continuing to check in but it's been nice we've had so much more free time this year than last year I felt like I've had such a better balance with things I feel so much more like supported with things I've had so much more time with Justin which has been amazing um, he's been um, working from home a lot so we also have that which has been really fun so it's like a it's just like interesting. I feel like it hasn't settled yet, you know, what exactly is going to go on this year, but I do feel like I'm going to be in a better place to support it with the perspective I have. I feel like what you guys just described is Mercury retrograde and what you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do during Mercury retrograde, because everybody's always like, oh my God, Mercury retrograde is so negative. Like, don't do this, don't do that. But it's like an invitation to take a step back, which is what I feel like you guys are doing and like creating more space to really like fine tune. And like, I was listening to uh, this YouTube um, spiritual um, account. Her name's Bahata Life, I think. She's she's like, yeah. She's on the Mm pod. Was she? Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's cool. Mm -hmm. I love her. And um, so she was saying basically like, Mercury retrograde is just a chance to take your life to the auto mechanic that you've been putting off for years or whatever and like getting things figured out. And it's, it's a permission slip basically to just take a step back. Cause I feel like in society, it's like, especially with like entrepreneurs and stuff like that, it's like grow, 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 like next level, next level, up level. And it's like, but, but like, if we keep doing that, then it's just like kind of you know, draining and debilitating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like who's that supporting, you know, like I feel like everyone should be growing. Of course, that's why you exist is like to expand and to grow and, you know, elevate consciousness. But it's like, what does growth mean? Does growth mean more money? Does growth mean more things? Does growth mean more Instagram followers? It's like the way that we define growth is kind of skewed right now. So when we put alignment 
to growth to that skewed view of it, then we're not really winning. So I think people need to really think about what growth means to them and what growth is in their life rather than like how we're currently defining what growth is. Right. Like what's, what's your why? And like, what, yeah. like, I think that's, that's what I kind of label Mercury retrograde as like, what am I doing right now? And why? And where am I? And like what's working and what's not working and like why am I not happy or you know like um mental health has always been kind of a a big thing for me and teaching yoga and mental health and CBD and all that and you guys talk about that a lot on your podcast which is I you guys are probably like one of the first podcasts that really you guys were my expanders to see Mm -hmm. like you know, especially during a a lonely time, it just kind of felt like I was hanging out with you guys, you know, I'm sure you hear that all the time. But um, just like the openness of talking about mental health is what my podcast is uh, about a lot. And we we talk about depression a lot and just trying to normalize it because I feel like with women, it's not normalized. But as a man, it's okay for you to walk down the street with a frown and look Mm -hmm. miserable. But if it's a woman, it's like, oh, wow, what's her problem? She's, she's got some issues, you know, 100%. like, I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on, I don't know if you, if you've been through a depressive state or a phase that kind of you'll, you'll never forget or mm-hmm. how you navigated through that. Yeah, that's an interesting point, like to bring up, you know, how we grew up and what we were expected to be and do mm-hmm. and how we were expected to react. Um, because I think that's part of, I'm kind of like meeting my anxiety later in life. I don't know. I'm sure I had it, but I didn't really feel it that much when I was a teenager in my twenties. I think what I was doing then was really, um, masking it, covering it up, whether it was drinking or just like other things. And then also just not wanting to make other people feel uncomfortable if I was like, yeah, not okay. And, but I think a lot of the, of the anxiety is coming out because I, I actually don't feel comfortable, like, you know, always having the smile on my face, like saying that everything's okay. And so there's like this shift happening where I'm really being called to like actually express how I feel, you know what I mean? In all areas yeah. of my life. And it's bringing up a lot of anxiety because I'm not used to that. Um, yeah. So, you know, last year was like kind of my year to really go in and I did therapy all year, which was really, really transformative for me. I had never gone to therapy before. And then, you know, on top, layered on top of that, we, we did ayahuasca. We had a really um, interesting group therapy experience at onsite. Um, and just through that, I, I realized one, you know, like, we're not alone. And that's kind of something that we always remind ourselves of through almost 30, but it, it did make me feel better, you know, cause I, I feel like with my thoughts, like I can be very insular and feel like, okay, like, is anybody else going through this? So that group therapy experience was really transformative. And then, you know, through ayahuasca and psychedelics, I realized like just the connectedness of it all. So that what I'm going through right now is really a part of such a bigger plan and trusting this time that feels a little bit uncomfortable, a little anxiety ridden that like there is a purpose here as long as I'm willing to show up for it. Right. Yeah. What style of therapy would be your, your, 
favorite or your most like effective? I know that the, you've had a couple of solo episodes about this and I listened to them yeah. and they're amazing. But for anybody who hasn't listened, um, what's your favorite styles of therapy? Um, I did EMDR uh, with my therapist quite often. I wouldn't say that I always enjoyed it. It was actually like anytime she would suggest we do it, I'd be like, Ugh, okay. <laughs> Cause it's just like, it's work. It's, it's yeah. truly work. And it brings up some things that like, you know, aren't always like the easiest, but it is super effective for me. Um, and then we also like, it worked, her work also involved like, we would, we would talk to my younger self. We would use my spirit guides and spirit animals and kind of bring them into situations and be able to heal past experiences. So it was kind of a culmination of a lot, plus, you know, a little bit of talk therapy, but um, it, it was really, really effective to heal the um, parts of myself that kept coming up, like my 14-year-old self or my seven-year-old self. So talk to her a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a depressive phase that sticks out to you, Krista, that you've, that you've been through? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, and I just wanted to talk about, you know, your point about the women and men thing about how, you know, there feels like the pressure on women to, to always smile or have a certain emotion. And for men, it's okay if they frown. And I, you know, I agree with you and I like understand your sentiment, but I actually would say that women have more of an ability to express, I think, than men do. Mm -hmm. I feel like men actually don't have an outlet to express their feelings and emotions. And whenever they do, it's really seen as negative. And the reason why men are so angry and there's so much um, violence that occurs by men is because of their suppression of emotion is because they don't have a safe space and is because they've neglected every part of themselves that is a feeling besides, you know, pride or ego or things that are generally accepted by society. So I actually have more of a, um, a sadness for men in their expression rather than women. I feel like, although yes, we have to put a smile on our face because we're so emotional naturally that we, um, are able and allowed to express more freely and openly than, than men are. You know, I think people that have this feeling or sentiment that women should always smile that are men are kind of not the point anyways, but I see what you mean. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I feel that. Oh, I feel sad for men actually. Like I feel sad for them, but at the same time, I feel like, um, I guess anger is just more accepted with them, which sucks because then they're, then they're expected to, to just never show emotion. And then they're, they could be labeled as a wuss or gay or whatever. And mm -hmm. yeah, it makes sense. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. I completely, mm -hmm. completely agree. And I don't think anger is as, as accepted for women. So that's the thing is that it's like, you know, I do think for men that it's like anger is accepted and women is not, which even makes it even more challenging for us. But I think about, I guess, like for, I've had a few depressive episodes, but I think about when I was really little and I was like um, probably seven or eight or nine and I actually had depression and I would call it the feeling and I never knew how to explain it to anyone, but I knew that every night I would get so upset and I would get so scared to be alone and to be in my room and I just would think I'd be going through my day as like a child and then just be like, oh my God 
thinking about when I was going to be alone in my room and I knew that the feeling was coming on. And I just, I, it was such a dark time for me as a kid. It was like so challenging. I didn't understand. I didn't feel supported. I felt really alone. So that was like my first real experience with it. And then I've had, you know, bouts of it through my life, whether it's been coupled with anxiety or not. But, um, you know, I think the most important thing for me was that with my anxiety in particular, it was always like a conversation or something, an action that needed to be happening that wasn't. And there was like a, there was like, you know, a texture, there was like two textures rubbing together of like my actions and my soul. And it was creating like a discourse between like what I was doing, what I needed to do or what I needed to say. So whenever I notice like that sort of feeling happening, I can kind of now step back and be like, okay, what am I doing that is not helping myself? And what am I not doing or saying? And throughout my life, when I've been able to listen to my anxiety and like do whatever it was I needed to really do from like a soul level, it's been hard, but it's been really beneficial. So I've always felt like anxiety was really like, um, a mixture or of like the way that I was treating myself. Am I sleeping? Am I drinking enough water? Am I drink, taking too many stimulants? Am I running myself ragged? Or am I not really listening to what I know I need to be doing? And I know that could be different for other people, but that's been like my experience with it. So basically like, you know how they say as, as a child, if your basic needs aren't met, and even as an adult, like if your basic needs aren't met, then your whole life is kind of off kilter. You're, are you saying that since you can tell that you're in a depressive state when like you're not able to express your basic, like verbalize your expressive mm-hmm. and like, that's just like a baseline for you is like, if that's off kilter, then mm-hmm. that will, that will kind of spin you in a depression. Cause I, I fully feel like that's my problem too. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, mine could be related to that. Like in thinking about my life, like some of the basic needs that weren't met were like security and, um, just some general things, you know, that have happened. So that, that definitely could be it. But I just, I guess I see my depression and anxiety a little bit differently. Like I don't really feel them at the same time. They've actually been very separate experiences for me. Um, but, but yeah, the anxiety is more like me needing to do something and not listening. And it's providing this like stress within myself where like I'm kind of going in circles but I agree with you on the depression thing for sure yeah they're two very that's that's really interesting that you said when you were little that that you had the feeling like you didn't have the vocabulary for it yet and like that hits with me because when I was little I would get these like I guess panic attacks but I was so young I didn't know what was happening so I was just like kind of like oh like it's coming you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. like very strange and bizarre but um you, Lindsay, you touched on something earlier um, about not drinking and, you know, coming into like more of a soberish lifestyle, which you guys speak openly about, which I really love because a lot of my listeners are also on that path and like trying to trans transmute into like a more just like clean mindset. And it's like really challenging to to date and to meet people and like maybe not so much in like LA or these big cities, but um, what's been your experience, like the transition from drinking, partying, and then making that transition into a sober lifestyle? Cause I know it was, it wasn't too, like too recently, it was a little while ago, but 
but um, what's been your experience with that and like challenges? Yeah, so I'm not completely sober, but you know, what's been really cool, especially since moving to LA is just this shift into more intentional. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going to drink, I just really think about the intention and I also don't overdo it. Um, I used to drink for sport, you know, and like drink to kind of like not feel what I was feeling. And so now, um, I'm really careful to have a conversation with myself where it's just like, okay, one, how do you, how do you want to feel tomorrow? (laughs) Is usually my first question. Um, and Chris and I were talking about this the other day, just like kind of thinking of our future selves, our higher selves a bit more often, um, instead of making impulsive decisions in the moment to satisfy like a very short, short term need, you know, um, And then I also just asked myself, like, you know, what is your like intention here? And usually it's like gathering with friends and we have a glass of wine and there's like really beautiful conversation and we're able to relax and just connect as long as it doesn't get out of hand, like that happens and it's really beautiful. And like, I love, I love those moments. Um, I also have been just experimenting with being in those settings and not drinking you know, and, and seeing how I feel. And I've noticed there's just like a hump to get over in the beginning where I'm like tempted, um, by just like being able to like hold a, hold the glass of wine or like taste the wine, right? Like I'm tempted for a moment and then you get over that hump and realize like, oh, like I am, I actually have something to offer in this setting, you know, and I don't need alcohol to enhance it. Um, and I also feel really good. Um, I feel really good knowing that I'm going to leave feeling well, you know, like alcohol is a poison for your body, like period, the end, you know what I mean? So it's really important that I am treating my body in a way that's aligned. Um, and I had a, I had an intuitive, last thing I'll say is I had an intuitive tell me, um, I think last year and it sounded, it sounded like a dumb moment, but I was like, oh wow, that really resonates. She's like, yeah, like if, if you are, if you're, if you're going to pursue like your soul's work, like drink, drinking will only like hold you back. And that seems like a duh, like, yeah, of course it will. But I just noticed that I was, I was taking it a little lighter than I wanted to be. And so I, from that moment on, I've been so intentional about it because I do love how I feel when I'm in flow, when I know what my soul wants. Like, it's just this connectedness that I was missing. Mm -hmm. And so not drinking as much has really connected me to myself. Yeah. I think intention is is everything. And I don't label myself as sober. I've been to AA meetings and it just didn't feel right. Like it's not my, yeah. Like to meet like-minded people and whatever, and people are great that go to those meetings, but it really does feel like you have to be an alcoholic if you go there. And I felt kind of like a fraud going Mm -hmm. and like, you know, cause I, of course, like everybody's had their spouts of drugs and alcohol, but, um, it's, it's a different scene going into one of those rooms, but, um, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you guys navigate? I know that 
dating is is something challenging to do when when you're sober but what about like even if you're in a relationship like Krista you're you're engaged mm-hmm. and um what no matter what relationship status you're in I feel like if the relationship was based off of drinking and partying which is what what's been my problem yeah. um how do you shift out of that like how do you like a lot of people ask me like sober sex like how do you how do you do it and I'm like dude I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I'm still figuring it out because my whole sex life in college was just all drugs and alcohol and that lubricant of Mm -hmm. feeling okay mentally so I don't know I'd like to hear your thoughts on that yeah me and Justin were talking about it yesterday how just like when you first start dating that's the norm that's part of the process is sort of to be drinking and then that kind of leads to that at some point and so it's interesting now you know i i haven't dated when i haven't been drinking so i wouldn't necessarily know and i have compassion for that social social lubricant um and i don't think people need to be hard and fast but i've always felt like with drinking like it really hit me when i realized like there's actually no benefit to it you know, besides, of course, if you want to have a glass of wine, you can really enjoy it with dinner. It can be like fun and like a mood enhancer. But like, if you're drinking so much and you're drinking more than a few drinks, it's expensive. You feel like crap. It's bad for your body. It's bad for your liver. It's bad for your skin. Um, you know, it's dangerous. Like nowadays I think about it being dangerous. Like people are drunk. I'm fearful for them because you could really hurt yourself. And I would say that too, like, you know, this is me talking as a 32 year old, like I would actually caution myself at a younger age about my drinking because I used to do shit that was like, not okay. You know, I remember my friends were just wild and we would go over to strangers houses, people we met at the bar and hang out. And we would like, just like do stuff that like, I feel like now I'm, I'm fearful for drinking so much where we don't know where you are or things like that. So when you are dating, it's almost like for your safety and for like your consciousness and for you to be able to make decisions as like your best self, it's probably best to not drink at all. And maybe if you want to have, you know, sex one night after however much time, if you want to like consciously have a drink or two to like help you ease into it after you know and trust this person, maybe that could be something you could engage in. But really it's like, who are they meeting if they're meeting you every time and you're always like kind of drunk or like buzzed? that's not really the real you. So it'll just prolong the process, I think, personally, for really getting to know someone. Right. It's like you're you're just putting on a mask from the get-go. And I think that's part of like spiritually awakening is like, you know, stepping more into this like sober-ish lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when your mask comes off, not just to others, but like to yourself, um, you're like, whoa, who am I? Like yeah. without these things, because yeah. your friends can dwindle off and fall off. And then you're like, oh, is that all I was good for? Or yeah. it makes you question your friendships and like why they were even your friend. Cause I can say personally, um, a lot of my college friends are not in my life anymore. And, um, a couple of them got married. I wasn't even invited to their wedding. <laughs> Like, and, um, I think it's sometimes when you're, when you're in the spiritual realm, self-development or betterment or whatever, people can look at you as 
oh, they, they think that, I'm, that they're better than. And yeah. have you guys experienced that a lot with people in, in your life looking at you as being better than or, you know, higher up than them because you're trying to better yourself? Yeah. I mean, that's probably my MO. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's like probably been like a badge that I've worn since I was little. Cause I've always been like, just even in high school, seventh and eighth grade, I was always like doing things a little differently. I was always just doing my own shit at all times of my life. So I feel like that's been like something that I'm actually very used to and something that I actually take as a compliment. Not that I think, not that people think that I sometimes think I'm better than them, but people recognize that I'm actually doing shit to make myself be better. And that that really is a reflection, you know, on them. But it definitely is my, also my MO to make people feel comfortable around me, to feel good around me and to really like, you know, use humor as a way to diffuse any situation. But I mean, if people are going to say anything about you because you go after your dreams, because you move, because you are starting to meditate and because you're interested in different things, it's like, okay. You know, I've always felt like I don't want to be like people that just are settling and people that are sticking to the norm and that people are just happy with the status quo. It's like, I have an insatiable desire for like change and evolution that I've never even thought that their opinions would matter in any way, shape or form. Um, but yeah, I think that is, it comes with the territory, but also it's like, what's my shadow that would make me feel insecure about people feeling like I'm better than, right. you know, what is happening there? Where like, what am I bringing up where I'm like, I care that they think that, you know? Right. So I think that there's also something to look at there. Yeah. Like it's seated in, in some kind of needing to please everybody when you're exactly. a child or exactly. just as a as a teenage girl you know like yeah. going through that and dating and um now with ghosting culture and I feel like mm -hmm. there's so many layers to it that like make people feel not good enough and less yeah. than and and all that um of course it's interesting like with family too because it definitely happens like with friends and I feel like as you do more work like people will just kind of like drop off you know what I mean and I think if you're busy enough doing the work then at least in my experience and maybe this is a little savage but like I don't know like I, I don't notice as much as maybe I would have in my early 20s like I'm just kind of I'm doing my thing I know they're doing their thing if they think something I probably won't <laughs> realize it like I don't engage unless um I don't know I'm, I'm like a little insular in that way and and that might be good or not but I don't actually know what my yeah some of my college friends think about what I'm doing completely um yeah but anyway with the family thing I think like it's just interesting I'll notice myself I do it less now but I would go home and kind of like lower my vibe a little bit, not to say that the fam is low vibe, but like they just weren't doing this like wild high vibe stuff that I was doing. Yeah. And so to make them feel more comfortable, I would just kind of like, you know, commiserate with them on some stuff when really like my practices did not align with that. So it's just interesting. I'm, I'm a little bit better about it now, but I still find myself doing that to make sure my family knows like I haven't, I haven't completely changed. I'm not leaving you in the dust. Like, it's okay. Like, everything's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like, that's literally what I'm going through right now because mm -hmm. I'm staying with my mom and my stepdad temporarily. And um, I have, 
you know, come into a different version of myself. I'm not the same I was when I was 15 and living with them, you know? Um, I, I think I'm becoming a better person, but sometimes with family, um, it's really hard for them to see that, Mm. you know, when you're 15, you're like a raging, angry, crazy drinking and doing like, it's, it's insane. I feel like I was like a little demon or something Mm. like the, and so now, um, you know, I have my moments where anger comes out and I'm not happy about it, but it's hard to persuade, I guess, your family members to see you in a new light and and this new version of yourself because it's hard for people to like let go of the past. Yeah, I mean, that's why I like don't engage. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Tonic Vibes CBD. Tonic offers CBD blends that use organic sun-grown hemp flower from their family-run farm in upstate New York. Their original formulations were first developed by Tonic's founder, Brittany Carbone, to help manage her own anxiety and depression that she was suffering with herself. Combining plant-based ingredients like ashwagandha, black seed oil, lemon balm, and passion flower, their soulfully crafted botanicals work with the CBD to restore our body's essential balance. The magic is in the love and intention that goes into each of their products from seed to shelf. And I have personally been using their tinctures for almost two years now. It's one of the first companies that I actually reached out to and was super interested in their company because I love their marketing, I love their Instagram. I am obsessed with all that, obviously, since I went to school for that. Um, And I loved how they were packaging their stuff. It has a really um, light vibe when I look at their Instagram. And it's female-owned. It's a family-owned small company. uh, And it's just amazing. It's one of my top tincture companies that I work with. And my favorite tinctures are the OG tincture, the tonic OG that has ashwagandha in it, black seed oil, tastes so good. Um, It's more of an awakening, uplifting tincture. I like to take it in the morning. And then I love their chill one, which is not as sweet. Um, It has the passion flower and lemon balm in it still, but it's more of a nighttime tincture. And of course, you can take these during the day as well in, in the morning, but that's just how I do it, and I love their tinctures so much. They also do little roll-on topicals, and they are doing CBD flower as well. So I really recommend getting into Tonic as it's one of my favorite companies. Obviously, I have them sponsoring the podcast, and I love them so much. So if you want to check out tonicvibes.com, you can go purchase anything from their website and use discount code GYPSYLOVE for a discount at checkout. That's tonicvibes.com, and you can use discount code GYPSYLOVE, G-Y-P-S-Y-L-O-V-E, for a discount at checkout. Well, that kind of leads me into this question. Uh, I've heard you guys talk about um, your relationships with your mothers and and it's beautiful hearing how vulnerable you guys are. And I think that you're doing some service to people because everybody feels like their relationship with their mother isn't normal and hmm. everybody has a different relationship with their mother and it looks different for everybody. But I've been really inspired by how you guys share about your kind of your journey with healing 
your relationship with your mother or the mother wound, if you want to call it that. And I'd love to hear what's helped you through that process of like healing your mother wound. Um, yeah, I, it's been interesting because like, I feel like I had such an incredible mom growing up. Like she was stay at home mom, like truly always there for us, still continues to be there for us. And also, you know, I realized as an adult that there is some like deep healing that is happening, um, between us and not, it's not like our relationship is healing. It's like work that I'm doing actually involves her, her mom, her mom's mom, her mom, you know, like there's just a very deep, like ancestral healing happening. And I'm like discovering more and more as I do the work and it just, I have so much compassion, I think, for like what my mom has has been through and how strong she's been. Um, and also reminds me not to get frustrated, like when I feel like, you know, why are you being so nice? Or why, you know, why is this triggering you? Like just being a little bit more like angsty and frustrated mm -hmm. with my mom as you, as you can be mm -hmm. as a child. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's just a lot more compassion and then not for me, it's like letting go of wanting something different from my mom. Mm -hmm. Like just like meeting her where she is and, and for who she is. Because we do at this point in our lives have more of a, like a friendship, mm -hmm. you know? And so I really have been focusing on like finding the beauty in that and not being as upset that I'm giving my mom advice instead of her giving me advice, right? Like mm -hmm. just honoring the relationship for what it is um, because you know, we we're experiencing this life as mother and daughter and maybe next life it's going to be switched around or maybe in a past life it was switched around. So I'm just like really appreciating, really appreciating the relationship for what it, what it is. I think because it's been equally as healing for her as it has been for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like meeting her where she's at, that resonates with me because we can't change our parents. They've been like this for however long. They're they're much older than us. And I think um was is there something like in either of you, I, I'd love to hear both of you, but um is there something about healing the relationship with your mother that's that's kind of the most triggering? Like that's some like what's the main block that maybe is connected to your childhood? Um, I think for me, my is my, um, the main trigger and block for me is like feeling, not feeling heard or understood. So it's like, I've always felt like I, no one ever heard me or understood me or really like listened to me. Um, and so, you know, that kind of causes me to disengage, causes me to like be frustrated causes me to like not really share causes me to like close up and so I've done a really good job in my life to like create boundaries so that it really doesn't affect me that much anymore but it still 
hurts. You know, it's still something that I think about and I realize and recognize the way that I change when I'm, when I'm engaging with her. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, the way that I deal with that and the way that I've tried to deal with that is just to like slowly express myself more so without the expectation of anything different, but to also remain guarded and recognize like the ways in which in my life where she's had to be that way. And, and, you know, I can see the trauma in her life that's led her to be that way, which gives me compassion. And then also too, just, um, you know, recognizing that that's really been one of my greatest gifts is like, I'm very curious about people. I'm a good listener. I'm very engaged with people. So, you know, the way in which that's caused me pain has also been like my greatest strength in my life. So, you know, the full circle moment is like creating the boundaries or the space or the way in which that I want to engage. And then those are the rules, trying new things when I feel comfortable and then finding compassion for that person based on their trauma. And then also seeing like the benefit of it in my life and how it plays out. And you know, that's hard and I'm 32. So I'm really at this place right now, even though like in my teens in college, it was the worst, you know, it was absolutely the most traumatic thing for me, but it's just taken a long time. So for anyone that's in the journey, just know that like, not there is hope where like, I will most likely never be her best friend and we will never be very close, but like there is ways to like live my life fully with like a love and appreciation for what I've been, you know, given and the way that our relationship has shaped me. Right. Just acceptance, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I resonate with that deeply because I, um, my parents got divorced when I was, you know, pretty young, like the normal, everybody's parents are divorced, right? Or most yeah. people. Um, and then my mom met my now stepdad and I, it created a lot of resentment. And it created a lot of anger. And now um, going through my Saturn return, which I kind of wanted to tap into with you guys, um, you know, you, you guys talk about this a lot on your podcast too. And Saturn return has to do with, um, you know, uh, an adult energy and kind of like a grandfather energy and understanding your cycles and your patterns and, I, I like to call the Saturn return, like will give you universal clicks or universal flicks. And it's like clicking you out of a, of a situation or flicking you out of a timeline. And like, regardless mm-hmm. if you want it or not, like, it's kind of like it, it flicks you out and you're like flipped upside down and you're like, what the fuck do I do? That's how I kind of see the, the phases of events through my Saturn return. And I'd love to know if, there was a universal flick that you kind of remember that you're like, Oh shit. Like I'm definitely going through like my Saturn return or something is happening. Like where you just felt like the universe was just like, Nope. Mm. Yeah. I think that was mine when I was really trying to be a soul cycle instructor. You know, I was living in New York at the time, working a full-time job in digital marketing and wanted a different career, wanted to change paths and wanted something that was more, um, service-based, community-oriented, that provided me more like visibility and leadership position, like leadership opportunities. And so I found that in SoulCycle and I found it, fell in love, but you know, I auditioned twice and didn't get it. And it was like, really like my desire for that new path and that new 
thing that didn't work out, you know, and was like very clear to me that it wasn't going to work out, but it led me to Lindsay and it led us to this. So during my Saturn return, it was just a lot of, a lot of things. We moved from New York to LA. Um, I had some friendship transitions. I had the career transition. I had body things going on with my health. So it was like all facets and really made me rethink the way that I engage with my body health wise, the way that I see my life and my purpose, the way that I see um, friendships and the way that I learned to like prioritize my dreams over like staying small, even though, you know, I haven't done that a lot in my life, but it was really powerful for me. I think the Saturn return time is, is so profound because it's so serious. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that I've said this before, but I think that people should really take their lives more seriously than people do Mm -hmm. just because, you know, there is a lot for us to do in this lifetime. And of course there's joy and there is so much to experience, but like, I think people, if they took their lives more seriously, they'd end up enjoying it more. Yeah. 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 We, We talk about the Saturn return a lot and even just talking about it now, I'm like kind of like seeing it from yet another Mm -hmm. angle, but I was living in New York at the time and I was, um, you know, auditioning during the day, working at night. Uh, I was bartending and then eventually found, um, soul cycle, uh, to kind of bring me out of, out of working in the bars. And it was like such a beautiful transition, but still I was in New York and just like on the fucking grind. I was also like coming out of a long-term relationship that I thought was going to be like the one and we'll get married and all the things. And I just kind of, I blew that up. And so in the wake of that, I was like, I was definitely depressed. And I think when I got the call to move to LA for soul cycle, like it was just a calling, like, okay, like you're going to snap the fuck out of it. Like, this is a ticket to somewhere like you've never been before, not just location wise. It was just more like, this is a ticket to another track in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you could stay in New York, be on the grind, auditioning, waiting to be chosen, all the things. And, or you can take a risk and go and see what there is for you. And I just knew in an instant, I was, I said yes right away. And my whole life changed. And I was working for soul cycle out here, but it brought me to Krista you know, and I could have never expected to be doing what we're doing, but that's why it's so cool. Like, yeah, I spent so much time trying to plan my life. And so like, when I just said yes to something that felt really good, yeah, like so many other things aligned because of it. Yeah. It, it kind of like, it trips me out sometimes when I think about that, like, oh, um, I also got that call to go out to LA and that led me to teaching yoga and that led me to everything. And that led you to Krista. And it's like, it's like the universe has like these creative ways of tapping into our brains and saying, Hey, it's time for like a new timeline. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's hopping from like one reality to the next. Cause I feel like when I lived in Philly, that was a different reality. And then when I lived in LA, that was like a different reality. It's like constant. And since you listened to that, it, it was like all the stepping stones that you needed to like, it's just very, it gives me the chills sometimes thinking about it. Cause you can like literally pinpoint each person, each situation, each scenario that like led you mm-hmm. to this moment. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Um, 
so I'd like to know what, this is kind of like a new topic, but you guys do a lot of events with people and our, um, I do a lot of teaching yoga and a lot of around people and energy and a lot of my followers and subscribers also are yoga teachers. And I wanted to know if there's any rituals or any practices that you do to like energetically prepare you for events and even podcasts too, like, cause you do a lot of interviews in person. So how do you prepare yourself for interviews and events where you're around a lot of energy that you don't really know how the energy is going to be? I feel like I've, we've been lucky. Like we've actually had such profound people and experiences that I haven't felt like I needed to, I feel protected already. Mm -hmm. So I haven't had to consciously do it. But that being said, you know, as we expand and grow, you have to be more thoughtful about sort of like the foundation or like the structure of, of the container that you're in or the energy that you have or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, but I think before when we do our breath and the meditation at the events really helps me to like start to channel and like bring my highest self into the situation. But, um, you know, I could be better about it. I think that when we had our retreat last year in Malibu, it was so emotional and like powerful and just so insane that like, I actually felt like I was a little drained because I wasn't managing my energy well. Cause I felt like I was like running around and connecting and sharing and giving people so much. And, and so I just actually could be better about it, but I'm really learning, um, about my energy hygiene. And I think that I could really work to find a better practice for it, but really it's like the breath and attention. You know, I think if it's, you're going to put on like a white sheet or, just like have a bubble around you, whatever it is, I think that works really well. But maybe I also would say as a last point, like I do pray every night very, very intensely to my guides and to everything that's happening. And I think that my team is like very with me. So I do trust them that they're going to keep the right people around and near me. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think I'll just add that like for me, especially like speaking in front of people. Um, you know, for example, our live shows, it's like bright lights, big crowd, you know, just a lot of stimuli. And it's actually like a fun practice to see, just see just how grounded you can be in a, in an arena like that. By arena, I don't mean we're in arenas. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah, honestly. Um, but like it for me, it's been really like fun. So like actually like picturing a cord like going from, you know, my root to the actual earth and just feeling like if Krista and I are grounded, if we can mm -hmm. um not talk quickly and really like hold yeah. space and be okay with silence and actually look people in the eye for me is like grounding elements if we're going to be talking to people um and also allowing ourselves and we don't like script things very often at all mm -hmm. so allowing allowing the um candid moments to really land not only with the crowd but like with us and for me that like makes it more human which inevitably just makes me feel more relaxed and comfortable and able to channel my thoughts more clearly, but, um, 
before any, anything that we do. Um, we talk to our guides a lot. So I just, I call on my angels, you know, I have like a party angel that I talk to and I have, you know, various guys that I just call in and I just, I know they, they love supporting me. So it's like fun to just kind of think about like, all right, team, like, let's go. Like, I know you love doing this, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's not like an ask. It's just like, here we go. Yeah. And, like that, and that really, really does help. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like breath work really has helped me connect to, and it is work as much as I kind of like dread doing breath work. It like gets me to this place where I can actually feel people come through. Like I can feel my spirit guides come through. Um, I've, I've recently have been getting um, messages from my friend who passed away when I was in college or in art school. Mm. And um, it's so fucking crazy just to get to that point because really you need to get outside of your, your head and your body and and your mind to get there, to have them come through. So it's, it's really crazy with the breath work. What, what's your, what would be your, um, if people haven't tried breath work and you know, they're kind of like, uh, I don't know where to start. What would be your recommendation on like, have there, have there been any breath work teachers or YouTubers or certain types of breath work that have helped you? Yeah, I do breath work once a month with, um, our friend Brie Melanson. So she does it actually online, which I, I didn't think I was going to like, but I really like because it's in the comfort of your own home. You're not like distracted by anyone or anything. She provides like a playlist that you all listen to at the same time. There's like channeling and journaling before. And I mean, breath work, I agree with you. Like for me, it's been really, it surprises me every time because yeah. like, you don't want to do it. I'm like, yeah. by the time we start, I'm like, <clears throat> I don't want to do this. It's, it's really, it's hard work but it always brings up something new and I feel so much lighter on the other side of it. Um, so it's just a really good reminder of like the physicality of my being and how Im- important it is mm-hmm. um, to everything else. And yeah, I would highly recommend her name's Brie Melanson, Brie, B-R-E-E-M-E-L-A-N-S-O-N.com. Cool. I'll find and, it and, and I'll is, put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah, it's at the beginning of every month, I believe, around the beginning. So I would highly recommend as kind of just like an intro if you don't have access in person. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what do you guys have coming up? And what are you excited about? I know in the beginning we were talking about slowing down and really like analyzing <laughs> things, but um, that gives you the space to create things that are actually like super in alignment. And now that you're not on tour, what are you guys up to? What are you excited about? Could be anything. I think we're planning stuff right now. So really just like foundationally within our business, you know, we had such a big year last year that we weren't able to really establish a lot of the internal processes that are required for a successful business to grow. So, um, you know, whether that's like, an HR policy or like, you know, ways in which that we interact with our partners, like just these gold standard practices that everyone in the business is aware of. Um, I don't want to get to a place where we're so big that we kind of have to work backwards. So putting that in place this year is going to be really interesting. And then um, I'm just really excited about what we have going with like our retreat. You know, I think it like looks so powerful. We just, 
we have Milana Snow, we have just like amazing breath work, energy healers, cacao ceremony, womb awakening leaders, astrologists, wow. tarot card readers. Like it's just going to be so magic that I know that the girls are just going to have the best time. Um, when is this retreat? This one's in May. It's in May in Calamigos at, um, in Malibu. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so just, yeah, I'm looking forward to just doing, just really continuing on the path. And I just feel really excited and, and grateful for all we have. Yeah. You guys are doing amazing things. I've been listening to you guys since pretty much the beginning, I'm pretty sure. Um, so it's been really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. To, I love the messaging yeah. you. Um, and it's been really cool to see your events too, because I've been to I've been to two of them, and mm -hmm. them were a little bit different. And I'm just very grateful that you guys you guys are my expanders, and Aww. I created this podcast on my own literally with no one to help me and it was like at the brink of my Saturn return <laughs> like really? I was like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life so let's just figure it's it out so good. your topics yeah. and titles and everything you're just doing Thoughtful. such a good job thank you I appreciate that um yeah. but you guys have been super inspiring and I'm very excited to um to just share this episode with everyone because I share your episodes all the time in my in my stories and now I'm finally having you guys on the podcast. So um, I'm appreciative okay. and hopefully our paths will cross again. Absolutely, yes, girl. Please. Yeah, we can't wait to see you this year. I'm sure it'll happen. So yeah. let us know how we can support you. And when this episode comes out, we can't wait to share it with with our audience as well. But you're, you're doing the thing. So stay on your path. Like we see you from across the country, truly shining, like even just at our event. You know, we've talked to you over DMs for a long time now. And just to see you, I was like, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, she's doing her thing, you know? Yeah. And I really, I'm so inspired by people who, you know, despite maybe what people think of them or what they're going through, like really, truly stay true to who they are and stay on their path. So you inspire you. us too. Thank you. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for, for doing this. And we will talk soon. Alright, what did you guys think of that episode? I really feel like we we dabbled in a lot of different topics that I feel many of you guys are going through because I communicate with you guys through DMs and, and email and whatever and we're all going through some of the same things and it's just nice to talk about it with, with other people. So let me know what you thought about this episode. If it resonated with you, be sure to screenshot it and tag the girls, Krista and Lindsay. Their Instagrams are going to be in the show notes. Be sure to tag me as well. Let me know if you liked it um, and what resonated with you guys. And go and check out their podcast. It's amazing. The Almost 30 podcast. Share this episode with a friend, a family member, someone who can benefit from it and if you have a minute or two and you'd like to leave me a review on itunes or you can just simply click the five star rating that helps the podcast thrive and my podcast is a little over a year old and it's beginning to thrive a little bit more she's an infant but it's because of you guys and your ratings and your reviews that are helping the podcast rise to the surface organically so 
thank you so much for your time your energy and i'll leave you with the rest of this song which is by grimes and it's called rosa